This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Steve here, and welcome to episode 25 of the Alpaca Tribe podcast. When you start with a trailer and some ideas, 25 episodes seems a long way off. But yet here we are. Thank you so much for joining me on this alpaca journey. I really appreciate it. Given it is such a watershed moment, I thought we should review some of the highlights from the last six months. All of the episodes are available wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to them via the Alpaca Tribe website, your favourite podcast app, or even our Facebook page, thanks to the wonders of our digital age. We've talked quite a bit about getting started keeping alpacas, and the key things to think about to be well prepared. We have talked passionately about fleece and fibre, the main product from alpacas of course. We have shared many thoughts and practical ideas to make the most of the amazing harvest we gather from our animals each year. There were also times when some of the wider diversity of alpaca-related activities caught our attention, such as tourism, animal-assisted interventions, walking with alpacas, and training. The Alpaca Tribe is all about encouraging and connecting confident and fulfilled owners who have happy and healthy alpacas. Of course, I know some people would love to keep their own alpacas, but for a variety of reasons it is just not possible, either now or maybe ever. So it's also a place for people to get their alpaca fix. People enjoying alpacas in whatever way they can. Alpaca fans, owners or want-to-be owners, breeders, business owners and alpaca service providers, all welcome and part of the alpaca tribe in its widest sense. If you love alpacas, you belong here and are welcome. Alpacas have a way of getting under your skin, though perhaps you have to be susceptible, having that alpaca gene I often talk about, in order to connect with alpacas, love at first sight. Everyone likes alpacas, especially cute Korea. Some people just love alpacas. You know who you are. Internal connections. You just can't help it. You know I think they're amazing animals, but I'm not the only one. Honest. Many of our guests are captivated too. Here are some of them talking about when they met their first alpaca and how they feel about them. In episode two, Rowan Flindleshale talked about her favourite way of interacting with them. I say to people they're the most complex, simple animals that there are. <laughs> complex, simple animals. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I relate to that. I understand yeah. exactly what you mean. The, the, the basics are simple, and if you have the setup and provide what they need and you really understand your animals, it's simple. But at the same time, strange things happen. Each mm. is completely individual. There is no genuine normal because each animal is mm. normal to itself and its yeah. relationships to others. And that's where the complexity comes in. Yeah. They're tough as nails and incredibly fragile. One of the things that's really encouraging, though, is the, the community of people who've got alpacas. That, that, that's just amazing. I couldn't have survived without the community. Mm. Um, the Facebook pages, particularly, Alpaca Chat UK, mm. was the key one for me. Yeah. I fell over it completely by accident by right. searching alpacas on Facebook. And 
that has been the lifeline mm. because there's such a big community there some of the big breeders there's vets there's all sorts of people on there and if you have a problem any time of day or night if you can mm. post a question post a photo and you will get support and help yeah. and when the times are really bad and you have a loss of something there's people there who understand when the times are good and you just need to share that photo of your <laughs> career with yeah. it head covered in hay they are there to cheer along with you yeah. and it's nice to have people who you can talk to who understand yeah. because other people just tune out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there does seem to be that generosity. I found that yeah. right from the, my first connections with, with people in, with alpacas. There seems to be uh, a generosity and an openness and a willing, willingness to, to share um, and to help. Tanya Russell from episode four thinks their behaviour is unique, behaving like alpacas and doing it very realistically. Understanding their behaviour, that fascinates me. And alpacas are incredibly expressive mm. and they let you know what they're thinking and feeling. Um, and they, that's why I was slightly from it, it's by the surprise question because they are alpacas, they behave as alpacas should and they do it mm. very realistically. <laughs> um, so yeah. I'm, I think I'm not surprised by their behaviour, um, but I'm learning from them all the time. Mike Griffiths from Cumbria has llamas too, all bewitching, starting from a little thing. Uh, yeah, I found them a very bewitching animal, really, but not, not like anything else I'd met before. Uh, I'd, not, I'd not previously had much experience with llamas either, other than what I'd seen in a zoo or a park. So alpacas was completely new, but it was a sheer chance thing more than anything else that uh, sparked it all off. From their original lofty origins in the Andes, you can find alpacas in most parts of the world now, even on the fringes of Los Angeles. Here, Jeremiah Owen from episode 12 suddenly found that an idea had turned into a new reality for him and his family. Welcome again. So well, it's good you. to have you here. So Jeremiah, tell me, uh, when did you meet your first alpaca and how did it make <laughs> you feel? So, so that's a great question. So I, I, I really thought about this because I thought, when was the first time I, I uh, met an alpaca? So I, I think it was um, – we have a, a, a park here in, uh, in, in Santa Clarita, which is a town nearby where I live. And uh, they have uh, four alpacas there. And I believe that's probably the first place that I, I came across uh, some alpacas. And uh, I just thought they were really kind of a, a unique animal. I mean you could tell just you know obviously by looking at them. But I always thought they were so neat. They kind of look like if you took a sheep and you crossed it with a giraffe, and then you know you cross that with a with a camel, right? So they kind sure. of are, are, are such a unique looking animal that uh, uh, I, I was uh, I was always kind of fascinated by them. And um, so before we had moved out to uh, where we live now, uh, which is in Acton, California, which is a a rural part of Los Angeles. Uh, we had talked to my wife and I had talked about, Hey, someday we'd like to get some alpacas. Right. Um, and, uh, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> yeah. Great. So, um, how did that journey go? You, you went to see some or, uh, well, so, so a, a very interesting, uh, uh, journey actually. So, um, we, we, we have, um, we, we have goats and, and chickens and, and, uh, uh, couple dogs and, and different things. And, uh, I was out uh, working on the goat pen <laughs> and, uh, I, I saw a Facebook notification for a, a community group that I'm on. And, uh, when I checked it there, uh, it ended up that there was somebody who was looking for a home for two, uh, Surrey male alpacas. 
and uh, they they were kind of in a bind and needed to 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 find a home that weekend. So I uh, ran in and talked to the wife and right. said, "Hey, good honey, plan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you remember that talk about having alpacas? Uh, I think uh, I think we we got our alpacas." So uh, uh, the Reader's Digest of the story. I went over there and uh, met with the, uh, the the gentleman who was. Uh, uh, looking to to find a home for these alpacas, and it turned out he was uh, moving and had been trying to find a home uh, for these alpacas. Um, but most everybody wanted to have have them him arrange travel for them, uh, you know, to to bring them to. And he didn't have time, and he was moving out of state. And so this was the weekend he had to get rid of them. Uh, so he was he said, you know, if you have the room, they're yours. Um, and we ended up talking and finding out that we actually had a bunch of um, friends in common from when I grew up in a different town. Right. So long. As that that story went, uh, he ended up saying, "Hey, you know what? We have these other uh, five um, females, and uh, that uh, if if I wanted those as well, um, he wasn't going to burden his friend with them, <laughs> who who had begrudgingly <laughs> accepted them. He didn't have any interest in alpacas, but he said he'd hold on to them for him. So uh, we are, we we arranged travel and brought them over, and we are now the proud owners of uh, seven Surrey alpacas." Wow. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right it, it is an interesting journey. I'm of the opinion that some people just connect with alpacas, and obviously it sounds like you do. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And uh, and the kids have had a, a, a blast. Uh, it's 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 something kind of fun. They go to school actually in a, a, a neighboring city, which is a, a much larger city. So the city I'm in is, is more of a town. There's about 7,000 people here. Right. Uh, the nearby city where they go to school, it's about 300,000. And so it's a, a much more you know developed city and they and and so yeah i think they are the, probably the only kids at their school that have, have alpacas so yeah. kind of a fun fun thing for them Catherine price of ted and bessie fame in episode 16 told how she met her first four alpacas before she brought them home so i met my first alpaca probably when i was really young in a zoo but probably properly when i went to meet the first breeders that i purchased my first four alpacas from uh, which was Jenny and Howard, who own Meadow Farm alpacas down south. Um, and we went and we had a look and we met the four alpacas that I was hoping to purchase. Um, and it was great. It was amazing. I sort of instantly fell in love with them and their faces and their characters and their individual personalities. <laughs> um, and then it just kind of blew up from there, really. We'll hear more about what she did with them and their fleece in the next episode. Marta produces some amazing jewellery using other people's alpaca fleece, but has a dream of being an alpaca breeder herself. Not possible at the moment, but I'm sure she'll make it happen if she can. I remember that uh, next two months were insane because I couldn't sleep. I was planning constantly how I could become an alpaca breeder. So I even... Um, created my brand's name at that stage. So yeah, it was really insane. And a month later, I decided that I want to be uh, a volunteer on the farm. So I went next to Norwich and I, I've met absolutely fantastic person, uh, Lucy from Steps Farm Alpacas. And she showed me everything and explained everything. And uh, yeah, it was priceless. And uh, unfortunately, after two months, 
I had to be really honest with myself. And I realized that I can't be an alpaca breeder at that point. Um, because we were quite new in the UK and uh, I had a little one at home. So yeah, it was impossible. So I tried to forget about alpacas and focus uh, on something different. And then I decided to explore um, crafts like crocheting, like tutting, like uh, knitting. And now I know that it's not for me. And uh, <laughs> I just I just practice, practice, practice and uh, focused on uh, this. And uh, and yeah, and one day I discovered a Japanese braiding technique, uh, Kyumihimo, and that was it. And uh, uh, still I'm addicted to uh, Kyumihimo. Uh, if I see a new pattern uh, on the internet, I have to do it. And and yes, and now I'm uh, at this stage when uh, I can make a lot of more things and uh, when I feel that I uh, go in the right di direction. Passion for fleece often accompanies delight in alpacas. Julia Berry, in episode 21, demonstrated this so clearly. Here she is talking about her early research and looking before leaping in with both feet. More of her thoughts on fleece to come next time too. Alpacas captivate your heart. Don't they? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It, it's, it, they're so insatiably curious, but nervous, but inquisitive. It's a whole um, gamut of different kind of uh, expressions um, that there's such characters that you don't find in a lot of other animals right, uh, yeah. that are, are, right. are kept as livestock, really. They, they, they're so unique. Each of them have their own characters. They do, don't they? And they, the, the way they look at you, and some, yep. some of ours are real starers. Yep. They, they kind of... Those big, you, dark eyes. Yeah. And you, what is going on behind those eyes? Because <laughs> something is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, excellent. So t tell us a bit about yourself and, and your, your alpaca journey and, and sort of where, where, you, where you've got to now. Uh, well, as I say, we were looking for something to keep the grass down and, and keep us amused. Um, I've always been a crafter ever since I was a little girl. Um, and so that kind of fitted in with the alpacas as well, because I thought I could use their fleece and do something crafty with their fleece. Uh, we went to a few open days and spoke to a few breeders and looked at the money and thought, mm, is it really worth it? They're quite expensive, certainly in, when we bought our first four girls. They were quite expensive. And do we really want to invest that much money? And we kind of went away and thought about it and came back and saw some more. And they are lovely, aren't they? We, they, they are nice animals. And so we took the plunge. I bought four pregnant females. So we dived in big time. Yeah. <laughs> no, the feeling. We, we started with five with pregnant, pregnant females. Yeah. Um, Clear intent there. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> well, we couldn't afford to buy as many as we, we needed, <laughs> right. wanted. So buying the pregnant females was the way we, we went. A collection of alpacas on a Scottish hillside near Skye. Jenny McHogg didn't really stand a chance, did she? 
This is her beautiful description from episode 23. I knew what an alpaca was, um, but we, we phoned up um, Ian and asked us whether we could go along and, and see them. Um, and he said, of course, yes. And we, we went along and it was just such an idyllic day and place because um, his small farm was um, at the shortest crossing between the mainland and sky. So you had the narrows there where um, 500 years ago, they used to swim the cattle across from sky and go down to Sterling. And it was just a, a, a beautiful um, defining moment for me when I saw them on the hillside and this tiny little black baby. And when we came back, we, we, we thought about them and um, just started making some, some inquiries about them. And I, I didn't, at that point, realise that we would have to take out a second mortgage to buy any. Having been captivated and begun your alpaca journey, the next phase is gathering knowledge and skill, and most importantly, confidence. But where to start? and what to concentrate on. Getting hands-on was an important foundation for Nick and Joe Davies, who added alpacas alongside their holiday accommodation. A great mix by all accounts. No, I think we were excited right from the word go, from the first visit. Yes. Weren't we? Yeah, I think we'd kind of made our decision then, but we, we still needed to go and get some proper hands-on so that we had the confidence then to, to, to move forward with it. Simple isn't always easy, though complex and simple can belong together, especially in alpacas. At least that's what Rowan has found. I say to people they're the most complex, simple animals that there are. <laughs> complex, simple animals. They're yeah, <laughs> I, I, I relate to that. I understand yeah. exactly what you mean. The, the, the basics are simple, and if you have the setup and provide what they need and you really understand your animals, it's simple. But at the same time, strange things happen. Each mm. is completely individual. There is no genuine normal because each animal is mm. normal to itself and its yeah. relationships to others. And that's where the complexity comes in. Yeah. They're tough as nails and incredibly fragile. One of the things that's really encouraging, though, is the, the community of people who've got alpacas. Now, that, that's just amazing. I couldn't have survived without the community. Mm. Um, the Facebook pages particularly, Alpaca Chat UK mm. was the key one for me. Yeah. I fell over it completely by accident by right. searching alpacas on Facebook. And that has been the lifeline mm. because there's such a big community there. Some of the big breeders, there's vets, there's all sorts of people on there. And if you have a problem any time of day or night, if you can mm. post a question, post a photo, and you will get support and help. Yeah. And when the times are really bad and you have a loss or something, there's people there who understand. When the times are good and you just need to share that photo of your <laughs> career with yeah. it head covered in hay, they are there to cheer along with you. Yeah. And it's nice to have people who you can talk to who understand. Yeah. Because other people just tune out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there does seem to be that generosity I, I found that yeah. right from the, my first connections with with people in with alpacas there seems to be uh, a generosity and an openness and a willing willingness to, to share um, and to help Victoria Barrett here extolling the virtues of the things to concentrate on as you start to develop your confidence in keeping and handling your alpacas well, the first thing I wanted to do was I, I found Cabinet Dynamics fairly early on and bought the book, devoured it on holiday, as you do, came back, bought the kit, couldn't do it. So um, 
I guess, typical of new owners will be, how do you handle them? How do you catch them? How do you do the stuff that you need to do to them? And although we'd, in the experience day, covered toenail um, trimming, you know, we went to a herd where they were all used to picking their feet up and, and you just you just do it and injections and all that. But being a paramedic, injections don't scare me. So I think handling was the biggest issue. How do you get them handled? We'd love to halter them and, and take them for a walk. Uh, and how to do it in the most sort of gentle and, and friendly way. Other than that, I think we, we must have been pretty lucky because we didn't have any problems. We knew about poo picking, so we kept the fields clean. So we didn't have to worm routinely, although I wasn't aware at that point. We were just told, just because we do told to do it, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if if it works but you know that's experience down the years you know protocols have changed now so we don't routinely worm now um always fecal test and then as appropriate but in those early days yeah you do what your breeder tells you and if your breeder has done what their breeder told them then the same thing's been happening for years without any anybody actually questioning well does it does it need to happen that way are there other ways of doing things and finally, for this episode at least, Jenny McHarg encouraged us in episode 23 to remember just how different alpacas are to people who've not met them before. The, the thing which we all forget, and I, I'm asking you, Steve, if you've forgotten this as well, hmm. how, how strange they actually are when you first meet them. You, you know, um, people need their confidence built with them because these long-necked creatures are very different. You know, they make strange noises um, and they, they new people, new breeders uh, or new owners um, need to be given the confidence to handle them well, to handle them confidently and to understand their psyche, to understand where they're coming from, to, to look after them better. And one of the most important things that I do tell people on the courses is that um, you really spend time with them so that you can understand how they work, what they're thinking, their body language, which, of course, they mm. use a lot of body language. They do, yeah. Um, and, and really understand them so that, and, and I promise this does happen, um, so that you can go into a big field of, uh, you know, of a lot of alpacas and you can simply scan it with your eyes. And because of, of that constant input of information, and event uh, immediately you can pick out something that's wrong yeah um just anything your eye flicks to it flicks to it again that's not right yeah and then and then that becomes almost um intuitive i really hope you've enjoyed this quick review of some clips from the last 25 episodes i'd forgotten just how generous and knowledgeable my guests are captivated by alpacas and growing our confidence in handling them, working with them, and living with them. Next time we're going to be looking at some of the things we can do with the fleece. Thanks for being with me on the journey. Looking forward to seeing you again soon. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington.